having previously been restricted in lockdown. I know that over the past few weeks, as August has moved into September, um, many have taken up the, uh, the chance to, to see family and friends to, or maybe to go on a, a break, uh, to go on holiday. And having a, a, a time of way can be that, that time of refreshment, of re-energizing, of getting our strength back. And yet, traveling can also be a bit of a hassle, can't it? You know, what time is the train? or the ferry, or the flight? How busy are the roads, particularly if there's a group of protesters that are sat on them? Have I packed the right things? You know, do I need an extra thick woolly jumper? Or should I have brought my swimming trunks? That's true, isn't it, Betty? Yes. It's been a warm week for them. You know, so there's this thing about going away, and then there's that experience of coming home and the ability to kick our shoes off and know that we are in our own place and just relax and sleep in our own bed. You know, it doesn't matter how good that bed is in whatever hotel or cottage or tent. However good that one is, I know that there's some folk that really like to get back to their own bed, isn't there? Yes. Over the last couple of weeks, in the readings, we've heard of traveling. We've heard of Jesus and the disciples going to various places. And quite often it was um, places that were of a different culture and a different background. But today the friends get to reach a place that they are very familiar with, Capernaum. And here they maybe think it's the right place to have a bit of a rest. You know, for some of them, it is their hometown. And perhaps the house spoken of in the passage was the home of one of the disciples. We we certainly hear of the disciples having homes in Capernaum. It might even be that that child at the end of the passage is a member of one of their families. Yet even as they seek comfort, Jesus gathers them round and brings an element of unrest to them. He knows what they've been saying on the road. He's heard it. And he asked them, what were you talking about? And we can imagine that they 
avoid the question somewhat. Yeah. And we know those tactics to employ when someone asks you something that you don't want to answer. We learned them probably long before we went to school. You know, they are perhaps exercised in classrooms. You know, what has been happening here? We look at the ground, we avoid eye contact. We don't answer the question. Somebody else will answer the question, won't they? You know, it's, it's like a group of pupils caught misbehaving and the teacher doesn't get an answer. This episode suggests that although they have been physically traveling with Jesus, they've walked along the road together, They've been to those different towns and villages. They've seen the teaching going on or heard the teaching and seen the miracles or whatever. But they've not been traveling the way of Jesus. Traveling with Jesus, but not in the way of Jesus. They've not been engaging with him in the right way, not thinking of what it means to be a disciple. And I wonder if that's sometimes true of us. We come together as a church in the building or online. We come, we sing our praise in different ways, traditional and modern and something in between. We engage with friends. We drink our coffee or tea after the service. Maybe talk about Master Chef, not within my earshot. We come and we lay down a burden in prayer. Maybe for ourselves or maybe for a friend. We come, we shave a feast that the Lord gives us. We come and we do these things. but are we coming to seek to live as his disciples? Do we have a desire to find out what God wants us to hear? Do we want to discover what it is God wants us to see in the world and how we are to respond to the world? How God wants us to treat one another and how we are to love our neighbors? Have we been spending the week thinking about our desires and our goals and what we expect out of life? Or have we spent it trying to be sacrificial and seeking the coming kingdom, which is what Jesus has been telling the disciples about as he'd been teaching on the way through Galilee? His death, and his resurrection, how he will be giving up himself, the Son of Man, for the glory of the Father. Have they heard his teaching that his body is to be broken, that his blood is to be shed, that they and we 
may have life in its fullness. The disciples had been hearing the words, but not thinking of what they meant. They struggled to understand, and despite their relationship, despite them going on this great journey with Jesus, they're afraid to ask him the question saying, what are you talking about? Can you explain this to me? I want to know it more. No, they go off and have their own discussion, perhaps for fear of revealing their ignorance by asking for help. Many of us who are particularly male um, are perhaps like that at times. I would hesitate to say anything about what it's like to be a woman. I don't have that experience. But as a male, sometimes we would prefer to drive round in circles rather than seek direction. We might fortuitously stumble on the right road when we are lost and then quietly rejoice. I knew I was getting there anyway. But there is the danger that in the meantime we've traveled the wrong way. You know, some of us are not good at asking for help. Walking with Jesus, the disciples had a guide and a teacher that they did not ask for help. And instead, they go the wrong way. Instead of thinking how to be servants, they do the opposite. They debated about being the greatest. Instead, who has greatness among us? At the end of August, uh, I saw a television program that wasn't MasterChef. It showed um, clips from old Mark, uh, Michael Parkinson interviews. Some of the clips I can remember being on telly, but I must have been very young at the time. Uh, if you have internet access, the program's still on there uh, on BBC iPlayer. Among the presenters' guests a number of times over the years was Muhammad Ali, who always had that boast. You know, I am the greatest. And it was clear by the matches and prizes that he'd won that he was a very successful boxer, perhaps unmatched in the ring of that era, but it was also clear in the clips that he had great arrogance, not simply when he was on camera, but the whole time. And that the Yorkshire interviewer, uh, although recognizing the pugilistic successes, didn't think much of his old guest as a person. Was he the greatest? Not in all things. Jesus reveals the way of true 
greatness. It's to humble oneself and to give value to others. Children had a really low place in society in the first century. They were disregarded, and the presence would normally be ignored. But Jesus speaks of welcoming them as welcoming him, and in turns, as if he's an ambassador of the heavenly Father. That's what the Greek words kind of mean in this way of welcoming and, and, and saying. They're welcoming God among them if they welcome one like this little child. And the example of a child could equally have been a widow who was a person with no source of income. Or it could have been a traveler from another land and culture who needed shelter such as a refugee. It is the concept of those that the world often has little regard for are loved in the kingdom. It's a message that the disciples should have known all the way through Jesus' teaching. It's there right early on uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, but it's there in the Old Testament scriptures too, the Hebrew scriptures, where prophets such as Micah speak. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. The disciples were walking with Jesus but they certainly weren't walking humbly. As we onward travel in the journey of life and faith, may we not be misfooted by taking false ideas from the world as to what we should aspire to and therefore travel the wrong way. But instead, may we be his disciples seeking the growth of his kingdom in our life. Amen.